Hello and welcome along to the Southampton audio programme for the fixture against Nottingham Forest. In today's issue, we have, of course, Franny Benali's notes, a look back at one of your favourite matches, but first, a note from your manager. Dear supporters, Happy New Year and welcome back to St Mary's as we begin 2023 with tonight's Premier League match against Nottingham Forest. I would like to extend that warm welcome to Steve Cooper, his players and staff and the supporters who have travelled down to join us for what is a significant game for both clubs. Steve, my fellow Welshman, is an outstanding head coach who has done a tremendous job with Forest, who are proving to be very competitive on their return to the top flight, already taking some big scalps along the way. From our side, as much as we were left frustrated to come away from Fulham without a result, we felt there was a clear progress in our performance and our organisation on the day. It was a step in the right direction following the Brighton match on Boxing Day, but still left us feeling that we need to be better in both boxes to win games at this level. That is the challenge for us tonight, to be more clinical in the last third of the pitch and more concentrated in our defending, because between both boxes I felt there was a lot to be pleased about, but ultimately we switched off from two set pieces and that can't happen. We know we are a young side who are learning on the job, but the talent and application is there to turn things around and climb the table, because this is a real good, honest bunch of players who want to do their very best for this football club. What we need is a win in the Premier League because it's amazing what three points can do when you're on a tough run. For that to happen tonight, we need everyone. We need everyone together. We need the players working together for each other and we need the fans behind us from the first whistle to the last. I know the players will respond well to a positive, supportive atmosphere inside the stadium. They need that to produce the best version of themselves here at St Mary's. It's a new year and a fresh start. Get behind us and stick with us. And I believe we can take the points we need to kickstart our season. We march on. That's always one thing I've wanted to achieve. To get people excited when I get the ball. From academy starlet to impact substitute to Premier League starter, Samuel Edozi's dazzling dribbles are now an instantly recognisable feature on Saints attacks. As the winger sets his sights on adding the goals and assists needed to climb the table in 2023. Time flies for Samuel Adozi, whose wing wizardry has been a constant source of excitement to Southampton supporters through a tricky Premier League restart. Since Saints returned to competitive action after the World Cup break, the snake-hipped 19-year-old has been promoted from impact substitute to Premier League starter, proving his direct dribbling can trouble more than just tiring defences. Meeting to chat about his progress between Christmas and New Year, Edozi takes a seat on the top floor at Malitimo Lounge in Ocean Village, overlooking the marina, just as he does from his nearby high-rise apartment block. It's a far cry from the hustle and bustle of London, where he lived until the age of 16, and Manchester, where he spent the next three years before moving to Southampton in the summer. Is it six months? It doesn't feel like six months, he says, in the same day state in which he's left many a fullback in that time. It's been great. It's a nice area, my apartment's got a nice view, and a lot of the boys live here as well, so we can go over to each other's houses and spend time together outside of training. So it's been nice to get to know the boys a bit better off the pitch, and it helps to play with them on it. Idozi initially lived with Romeo Lavia, his former Manchester City teammate, upon arriving on the south coast as two of four summer signings from the Etihad Stadium, alongside keeper Gavin Bazunu and defender Juan Larios. It was quite eventful, Edozi, 
flashes a cheeky smile when reminded of his temporary flatmates. Not fallings out, but when I beat him on FIFA, he used to get quite annoyed. It would get a bit hot in the household. Sekumala, another who joined as a teenager, is one of his neighbours, whilst Lavia remains nearby, and the trio are often in each other's company. The winger is not short on confidence in possession, and that self-belief extends from dribbling to gaming, rating himself the best in squad at FIFA. I beat Shea Adams, Joe Rebo doesn't want to play me, Angelie Maitland-Niles doesn't want to play me, so a lot of people are scared to play me, but they know I'm the best, so that's all I need to worry about. At the moment, though, Dozy admits a lot of his time away from Staplewood is being consumed by watching the Harry Potter films, all eight of them, for the first time. On the pitch, there might not be a magic wand to wave at Saints' survival fight, but there is stardust in the boots of their number 23, who's relishing his increase in minutes. I'm very happy, he says of the time on the pitch, having played some part in 12 of Saints' 20 matches in all competitions this season, starting all three since the campaign resumed on December 20th. Prior to his move to St Mary's, Dozy had played only one competitive game of senior football, the 2021 Community Shield final against Leicester, in which he was replaced by Jack Grealish in the second half. When asked of the difference between Premier League 2, which is the under-23 competition for developing players, the youngster simply replies, everything. The intensity, obviously, there's a lot of fans, it's a lot more physical, but I feel over time I've started to get a little bit more used to it and adapting to more games, he elaborates. The one thing I wanted to do coming here was to play as much as possible and be given a chance to show what I can do in the Premier League. I've been given those chances and obviously I got my first start the other day, which was a big moment for me. Hopefully I can continue impressing, hopefully get more starts and keep improving. There are a lot of people in the team to help me and it's a great environment here in the team because I've got people giving me advice and there's a lot of young players in the team as well who are learning from the more experienced players. It's tangible that when Edozi receives the ball one-on-one -on -one with the fullback, St Mary's expects a gentle murmur makes its way around the stand like a Mexican wave breaking out into a roar as he leaves another defender in his wake and glides towards the box. His directness and quickness of feet get fans off their seats, and Edozi knows it. He thrives off it. That's always one thing I've wanted to achieve, to get people excited when I get the ball, he states. Football is a form of entertainment, escapism from everyday life. Edozi brings that in spades with his fearless approach, which he traces back to his childhood. I think it's just from playing a lot with my friends and my brothers as well, because I've got two brothers who used to always be playing in the garden against each other, trying to dribble each other, nutmeg each other, he explains. Even at school, when I used to play, everyone would be trying to nutmeg each other. I think just playing all the time, every day, hours and hours, every day with the ball, trying to dribble everyone, you just get that in your game. Once I had that in my game, back at my old club Millwall, I just never let it go. I've always worked on dribbling and beating players, so it's something I can have throughout my career. I used to look up to Neymar, Leroy Sane, and now Kylian Mbappe. I think he's a great player as well. So I look up to him, look at what he does, and try to learn from that as well. I like to play with a lot of freedom, and that's something I hope is showing on the pitch when I do play. Obviously, now playing in the men's game, you have to put... Stats up as well, getting goals and assists, and that's definitely something I need to improve in my game and start doing. 
I work on it almost every day, doing finishing after training. So hopefully in the coming weeks and months, we'll start seeing an improvement in that. It's almost refreshingly naive the way Dozy goes about his business, completely unfazed against seasoned Premier League fullbacks, playing in the same way he did for his local Sunday League team 10 years ago. My dad used to be a manager, he laughs. He was harsh, harsh on everyone. He used to play us all in different positions, even though I was his son. Sometimes he would play me in defence, and I didn't like it, but he used to tell me to get on with it. I think that helped me become disciplined. From amateur football to joining the Millwall Academy, aimed nine to the Premier League a decade later. Dozy is used to rough treatment from defenders. Rather like Grealish, his former Manchester City teammate, taking a few knocks comes with the territory of being a prolific ball carrier. I think my style of play causes that to happen. He shrugs. I've had it routes playing in the under-23s, the academy, in my whole life, so I'm used to it. But obviously my physicality is definitely something I need to improve in my game, so I'm stronger on the ball. After the New Year's Eve defeat at Fulham, Saints boss Nathan James pointed to his young side having to learn on the job. Dozy, by his own admission, is one of those, but James was quickly drawn to the unique talent of dazzling winger, signalling him out for praise after handing him his first Premier League start against Brighton on Boxing Day. We've had very positive conversations together, the youngster reveals. He's put a lot of confidence and trust in me, so I just want to keep working hard and keep repaying that trust. The only way to do that, of course, is to help Saints win games, and Adozi admits that propping up the league table is alien territory to him. What's impressive is the way he confronts the issue and takes it in his stride. He doesn't hide away from the pressure to take points quickly, but is relaxed enough to continue playing his way, taking risks, committing defenders, and being prepared to lose the ball, trying things that might create openings, recognising that's his role as a rookie in helping the team throughout this period. At Man City, we used to dominate everything. We'd win basically every game, so I never really had that feeling going into a game that it's a must-win, he explains. We would be at the top of the league all the time, so if we drop points here and there, it wouldn't mean too much. Whereas here, we need to start winning. They are must-win games. It's good for me as a young player because I'm experiencing this at a young age. So when I'm older in my career, if I do experience these moments, I'll be a lot more experienced and I can help the younger players in my team at that point in those situations. For me, my dad always told me one thing. The pressure that you feel is only the pressure you put on yourself. That's how I play. I don't really put the pressure on. You need to do this or that. I just relax and play my game. When you feel free on the pitch, you'll perform best. So I like to play free and then hopefully perform well and that will end up in goals and winning games. I'm a young player, so I'm allowed to take risks. I get a lot of leniency being a young player. People will say it's okay, he's young. So I'm always going to take risks and try to create things, which is my game. So hopefully I can continue doing that. Referring back to his motivation for signing, playing regular football in front of more than 30,000 fans is new territory and exactly the reason he made the switch to Southampton to experience a buzz academy football just cannot replicate. Now he recognises that Saints need their supporters, having felt the sensation of all those people behind you willing you on. The atmosphere for us is a big thing, he says. When the crowd is behind us, everyone performs better. Everyone starts to play better. They run faster. I don't know how to explain it, but you just run faster. You feel stronger. You feel more energetic on the pitch when the crowd's behind you. So it's definitely a big help when the crowd's behind us to try and push to get goals and win games. 
that's definitely going to be a big thing going into the new year in our next home game against Forest. So hopefully we can come out with the points. It's now time for your Southampton women's update. Kalo Rendell enjoys a positive start to life in the championship. With Southampton FC women starting their winter break following a final Continental Cup clash against Tottenham Hotspur on the 18th of December, goalkeeper Kayla Rendell looks back on what's been a fruitful first half of the season in the Barclays Women's Championship. It's been a big few months for you and the team, still sitting on just one defeat in the Championship, and you personally were named October Player of the Month. It all seems to be going well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think we've done so much better than I thought we were going to in this league. Obviously, it's a tough league to play in and it's our first time being in it. But I think we've done so well and we just need to continue that. In October, the team had three wins. Three clean sheets with those kind of performances. Did you expect to win Player of the Month? I don't think I expected it at all. But when it came through that I was voted one of four, obviously I was delighted. But it's not just me. At the end of the day, a clean sheet, it's the whole team. They work so hard and I just help out if I need to. How much does support from the fans make a difference in those tough championship games? So much. When we hear their voices week in, week out, it's pushing us on. If it's 0-0 and we need that win, or if we're 1-0 up and we need to hold on to it, just hearing their voices on the side pushing us on, that really helps. You're excelling outside of the Saints setup as well, with two recent call-ups to England on the 23s. What were those experiences like? Pretty amazing. I got my first call up back in September and I was delighted to go. It was a really good experience and then to go again the following month, playing against different players and testing myself, it's pushing me on. Even with all those positives, what do you think might have been the biggest challenge going full-time this year and coming into the Championship? I think it's just like adapting to the new league. Obviously, we did know it was a tough league where anyone can beat anyone. It's a bit of a weird one, but I think just adapting to the whole new setup going full-time, and this is our job now, it's pretty cool. Looking forward then, what are your personal aims, and what do you want the team to have achieved come the end of the season? Personally, for me, I just keep on playing and getting as many minutes as possible. As a team, it would be just to continue the clean sheet record. It's a good thing to have because the more clean sheets you get, the more points you can take off teams, and then anything can happen, really. Promotion, obviously, we're looking at, but we'll see what happens. Now on to the section called My Favourite Match, where we get one of you fans to write up on one of your favourite ever games. Having written over 700 pieces for this matchday programme since 1981, club historian David Bull is having a gap year in which to concentrate on finishing Saints at War, the historian's upcoming book on the Great War experiences of 300-odd Southampton footballers. He's taken a timeout, however, in which to recall his favourite match. It was 74 years ago last week that I saw my first Saints match, a 2-1 win versus Nottingham Forest at the Dell. The two sides had been in the second division together since 1925, but Forest would be relegated at the end of that 1948-49 season and spend most of the next 30 years in a lower league than the Saints. When they came to the Dell on the 10th of November 1979, however, they were very much top dogs, having finished 78-79 as first division runners-up and winning two major trophies, the European Cup and the Football League Cup. Nobody in the crowd of 22,072 would need reminding that they'd beaten Southampton 32 at Wembley in March to retain the cup they had won in 1978. 
The Saints had a few changes from their Wembley lineup, notably David Watson, repatriated from Verde Bremen at centre half, and Mick Channon returning from Manchester City to partner Phil Boyer up front. The Saints' first two goals in their form win will be shared between those two signings. The second would belong to Boyer, who had been rejected as a 19 year old at Derby County by Brian Clough, who is now managing Forest. Given my appalling memory for goals that I've seen, I'm totally reliant here upon press reports to record how the first two goals came about. Watson headed the opener in the 27th minute from a Nick Holmes cross. Elementary, exclaimed one reporter. Ho ho, perhaps not appreciating that Conan Doyle had played for Portsmouth, albeit a team of Victorian gents with no unbiblical link to the current Fratton fraternity. Two minutes later, it was 2-0 when goalkeeper Peter Shilton parried a shot from Graham Baker. Channon picked up the rebound and worked up space to score. The best, though, was yet to come. It is the way that Southampton forwards swept majestically towards the Milton Road end to beat Shilton twice. More that lives with me from this game, even though I was leaning on a barrier towards the Archers Road end of the Lower East Stand. I can picture how each move progressed along the far touchline, although my recall has been reinforced, of course, by video evidence. It's my first impression that there's recently been a revival of the pullback from the byline. We were long spoiled at Saints fans by the byline masterclasses from Terry Payne, whose wizardry had been carried on by Channon. But now here he was, the disciple setting up Boyer with an art often credited to Ron Greenwood. An early ball slid square between backtracking defenders and a stranded goalkeeper. Mick's magic moment in the 64th minute was an elaborate version of what Alan Ball had done on 57, a minute after Gary Bertels had got one back for Forrest. Ball's running cross had merely required that he dispossesses Kenny Burns and scuttle 40 yards before sliding the ball in low and early for Boyer. If the subsequent Chan and Boyer combo ended in the same sweet way, this fourth goal was special for the orchestration of a move started in his own half by Steve Williams. Then on to Ball, to Boyer, to Baker, to Channon, and Boyer again. One of my all-time favourites. This goal had reporters reaching for their superlatives. A gem, said one. A masterpiece, said another. It was the ninth consecutive game in which Boyer had scored at the Dell. And his two goals kept him top of the first division scorers. He was still the top flight's top man at the season's end, with 23 goals. But the big difference, as right back, Ivan Golak saw it, was Channon. If Mick had played at Wembley, Ivan reasoned, the League Cup would win Southampton's trophy cabinet. I'll leave the last word, though, to Brian Clough, who could not have been more generous in defeat. Forrest had won in Romania in midweek on their way to retaining the European title. Yet, we would hear no travel fatigue excuses from Clough. This bastion of morality and magnanimity in management was content to acknowledge that. Southampton were incredible, better than us in every department. And he added... In a bulletin on Burns' broken nose that had caused him to be substituted, that this would improve his looks. So, out of disaster comes something good. Well, now a look onto the opposition in Nottingham Forest. Our tactical watch by Sam Ty. What sort of test can Southampton expect from Nottingham Forest tonight? Tonight's opponents is one that will be desperate to put in a performance and break a concerning streak in the process. Forest have the worst away record in the Premier League, losing six and drawing the other two of their eight games on the road so far. They've scored just a single goal and conceded a whopping 22. Manchester United, Arsenal, Manchester City and Leicester City all put three or more past them. 
Granted, much of the punishment has come at the hands of traditional top six teams, but the knock-on effect is a clear lack of confidence in themselves whenever Forest step away from the city ground. Southampton's first immediate task will be to start the game fast and assert themselves, therefore preying on any potential uncertainties in a team who simply have not looked quite right on its travels. How will Forest set up? Throughout the season, in the Championship and in early parts of this campaign, Forest consistently utilised three central defenders, two wing-backs, then switched forward alignment depending on the opposition. Sometimes it was a 3-5-2, others it was a 3-4-2-1. That changed though in the wake of a 3-2 home defeat to Fulham in September. Since then, it's pretty much been 4-3-3 all the way, and they've continued in that shape following the World Cup break, suggesting manager Steve Cooper believes it's in the long term. There's great athleticism and attacking threat from the wing-backs. The midfield is busy and tenacious, while the forward line can be clever and speedy when the mood strikes. They tend to attack using wide combinations rather than build through the centre, and can be quite direct, evidenced by the fact they play the fewest short passes per game of any side in the league. Who are their big threats worth spotlighting? Summer signing Taro Awanyi. Is it exactly matching his prolific scoring rate at Union Berlin last season? He plundered 15 league goals last season, but has returned just a fraction of that in the Premier League so far. But he remains a real handful. He likes early balls forward, ideally to chase into the channel, but he can trap and protect it too. There's a bustling nature to his play that's underpinned by real speed, making him an almost Shea Adams-esque forward presence at times. He prefers the left channel, so the right side of Southampton's defence are in for a physical day. The threat from the other flank takes a different form. Brennan Johnson's ghosting movements are more of a mental conundrum than a physical one. While Nico Williams' long-range shooting threat from right back is something to close off and be wary of. Finally, our last piece, Franny Benali has a word for you Saints fans. A very happy new year to all Saints fans. May the year of 2023 be a prosperous one for you, your friends, your family and for Saints as well. We take on Nottingham Forest today and it will be the first top flight fixture between the two sides since my playing days in 1998. The game also has extra meaning for me as I spent three months on loan at Forest in 2001. I'm very much a Southampton man though. Having been born in the city, come through the club's youth academy and made 389 appearances for the first team. At the time, it was just good for me to be playing football at Forest, and I couldn't have been better looked after there. It was a very good experience for me, although that loan move did come with some challenges. I would travel up early most days for training and come home if there wasn't an afternoon session. It was far from ideal, and I was putting a lot of mileage in, but that was my choice with my family based back down south. It put a bit of a strain on me, but it had to be done. As a result, I grew as a player and as a person from seeing a different club and thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Everyone who knows me knows that I give everything. Saints fans know that I gave everything for the club when I played here and I did the same for Forest when I was there. I was also delighted for Forest when I saw them promoted back to the Premier League. After the World Cup and Christmas period, it is good to have domestic football back in full flow. Despite some notable off-pitch controversies, Qatar 2022 did prove to be a tournament packed with drama and huge footballing stories. It all ended with one of the best, if not the best, World Cup finals that we've ever seen. That was a fitting way to end the tournament, but I was disappointed not to see England progress further than they did. It was brilliant to see Mohamed Salisu play a big part for Ghana and see him score in their win over South Korea, becoming the fourth Saints player to score at a World Cup in the process. 
I'm sure Armel Balakotchap will also have benefited from his time with Germany too. With the January transfer window now open, I'm sure Saints will be wanting to add some fresh faces. There were one or two positions that the club tried to add to in the summer that I'm sure will be looked at again in January. The arrival of Nathan James will have seen him looking at his team to see where he would like to add as well. I'm sure there will be players who will be targeted during the window and it will be interesting to see what business is done. Franny. <laughs>